Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. Welcome to the Women in Tech Weekly Remix episode. Three, two, one. My name is Esprit Devora, host of the Women in Tech show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create the Women in Tech show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. To connect and collaborate with extraordinary women in tech around the world, remember to go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. The best business resource I have is my mentor's private Facebook group. I've never found a community that cares more about one another's success. It inspired me to create the same thing for podcasters. If you're a tech company or startup looking to grow your podcast audience, I created GetPodcastListeners.com, a private group specifically to discover how other podcasters have grown their audiences. So we could do the same. Check out GetPodcastListeners.com. That's GetPodcastListeners.com. This is Colleen Brady. I have a site, iheartnocode.com, and I'm building yarnlove.co for knitters and crocheters. I'm based in sunny Naples, Florida. For me, I think they merged together because I had been in tech before. So I've worked okay. with a number of technical startups over the years. Years ago, I had done web development and got out of it because I just saw technology. It was just mm. constantly iterating. And I wasn't sure that I was going to keep up, especially as I just thinking about how did I want my life to progress. If you kind of take your I off the ball in terms of tech for a year, you know, all of a sudden your skills can be obsolete. So I started to move into product development and really enjoyed just that process. Again, going back to something that I said previously about creating something out of nothing that solves a business problem. And that allowed me as part of being product development to still be somewhat technical, but I wasn't coding. So I was helping create documentation and see products come to life, but I was no longer a doer. And I really, really, really missed that. And so at some point, uh, I started to find Zapier and started using Zapier, which is kind of a no-code tool with WordPress to start creating sites and solutions for friends and family. And that was one way that I kind of was coding, but again, not I'm not opening up an editor like Notepad++ and writing Java and you know, hardcore programming languages. And I just, I felt a little lost that I couldn't do it. And I just didn't quite have the aptitude, or maybe that's not quite the right word. Low coding just didn't quite work for me. And then once I found no code and starting to realize, hey, these ideas that I've had in my head that there's actually ways for me to implement versions of them. And as the tools have gotten better, not necessarily a pale version of that idea. I can now take that idea and start adding more in color and more complexity, which is to me, extremely exciting. So you coded in Java before. I was, I never, I got done with my Java one course, but I never got hired as a Java developer. 
Okay, cool. And we're going to dive more into your background too, but mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm dying of curiosity. So now being in this on-deck program and being a no-code evangelist, what are the no-coding? I'm just dying. I love software productivity tools. I can't help. I need the answer to this question. What platforms did you gravitate to to start building? I love Zapier. So you mentioned Zapier. Mm-hmm. For those mm-hmm. of you who don't know Zapier, and apologies for everybody who does, it's kind of like you're plugging two sites together. Like you're connecting two sites. Like one site's communicating to another site, and Zapier is handling that those communication channels. And it, it could go multi-sites, that kind of thing. So that's Zapier, 100% check out Zapier if you haven't been on Zapier. What are the other no-code platforms you've been gravitating to? So I love Webflow. So Webflow was one of my first... I didn't realize that Zapier was a no-code tool when I discovered it. Webflow was kind of what opened the no-code world Mm, up to me. And so as probably as a bit of a disclaimer, I do do some... As much as I love Webflow and I am a organizer for the Sarasota chapter meetup, I also do some freelance and contracting work with Webflow. So Hey, I'm Mara Rafe, Chief Data Officer at FreshBooks, one of the world's leading cloud accounting software solutions based in Toronto, Canada. So I've been at Intelco for 10 years. Actually, the Mike, the founder, reached out to me actually a couple of years ago about a job in marketing. Funnily enough, I'd spent quite a bit of time at Intelco in marketing and, and, and loyalty and retention and subscription service. And, and I said to him, like, I, you do not want me to be your head of marketing. I bought marketing experience, but that, that's not my thing. I love it, but I'm really into this data thing that I'm doing now. And I love my job. And I don't want to leave. Anyways, we stayed in touch over a couple of years. And then FreshBooks decided to make a, a, a decent investment on the data side. And so that was when we spent a lot of time talking about what that could look like and, and, and what joining FreshBooks could mean. I think that, you know, it was, it was very much for me about going to do something different than about leaving. Like, I love what I was doing. I love my job. But I really was super excited about the vision, the mission, and, and what that could mean for, for my career. And as I sort of thought going forward, I think getting into, into the tech space with the background that I have and, and, and interests that I have, I, I thought was a really good mix. You know, I think there's a bit of pandemic piece in there too. You know, I switched jobs in the middle of the pandemic. Oh, wow. For the record, I, I, when I accepted the job, my kids were in full-time school. By the time I started, they were back at home, uh, you know, up here in Ontario, we, we had the longest school closure of anywhere. So, you know, nothing like starting a job with two children running around and and all that kind of stuff. But the support that I got in doing that, um, and understanding was, was exceptional. So what does your day-to-day look like now? I mean, I know you're at home working remotely, but just this activities you're working on, not your physical day to day. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I, I get up and I walk downstairs and get my kids to school. I come to my, <laughs> go to my basement. But, you know, for me, it's actually right now we're, we're in the part of the journey where we're still, you know, we're building. So it's a lot of meetings, level setting. You know, if I kind of look at my day, I'd say it's 60 to 70% meetings. I'd say 20% time to like get work done and 10% I'd say is ad hoc and, you know, not meetings, but just, you know, picking up the phone, call, calling people, tying off loose ends, thinking about, you know, how we're going to move things forward, you know, just making sure that there's a lot of alignment as, as, as we build. And so I'd say a decent amount of my time is spent on the screen in, in Zoom. Actually, the other day, someone said, Mara, do you want to just call me on the phone? And I'll be honest, it was the best meeting I had had in ages because you could listen and you you actually focus a little bit differently than dealing with all the screen and everything else. So. 
I am Erin Winnick Anthony. I work as a science communication specialist for NASA, which basically means I am the storyteller for all the science that happens aboard the International Space Station. I am based in Houston, Texas. Yeah, I think sometimes it's the, sometimes it's the scientific approach. I wear those like two two hats, you know, the scientist and like the communicator. I think sometimes it's the the scientist who takes like a look at everything that's out there, kind of like gets a look at the data and really takes like a, a good look at what where things really stand and not getting like overwhelmed by emotion, that sort of thing, the, the calculated sort of thing. Right. And that's like a mix of the left and right brain. And then the other part of me is just like, you know, looking back at the past problems I've had and maybe comparing this obstacle to one of those, trying to like think back to lessons learned and making it a little bit more manageable. And sometimes, you know, dividing it into chunks sort of thing and uh, making the problem seem a little less daunting. Do you have an example for us, something that you successfully overcame in your work life? It's a good question. You know, I think from more of a, a technical perspective, sometimes it's just really getting faced with something that I have like no experience with. For example, like the first time I ever had to learn about like, you know, stem cells on the space station and how they like respond to microgravity, like taking on this really big technical topic that, you know, someone with the mechanical engineering background, no experience in, but I want to help the public be able to really understand this in a way that's not overwhelming. So it's a lot of, for me, looking at the resources that are out there and like, you know, I part of the, you know, this technical background is knowing how to be able to read through whether it's a scientific paper or report and knowing how to pull information out. And then it's knowing when to actually go ask the experts uh, and hear it in their own words. And then ask my colleagues who have experience doing the same sort of thing. Luckily, I work on the same team that um, the results team works on. So there's a lot of really awesome PhDs and subject matter experts who know this stuff. And I can then help kind of like translate what they um, they tell me and then translate that for the general public. So usually it's, you know, drawing on a lot of those outside resources uh, and taking advantage of, of the people that, that, that know this better. And then I can become the, the expert in that area, too. What kind of mentorship have you had throughout your journey? Who would you say has been a key mentor figure? I'm blessed to have like five internships um, during my, my college career. And one of the things that internships do is put you in a really great position to be able to find mentors, especially if you take the initiative and network while you're in those places. You know, you're only there for three months or four months, whatever the semester is. And people are really willing to help. At least that's the experience I had. I have one specific mentor that I've stayed really close with. Her name's Kat. And I met her at my internship at Solar Turbines, which is a, a subsidiary of Caterpillar, working in the manufacturing floor. She was actually the person who interviewed me for the internship. And then when I went and got there, just kind of took me under her wing and gave me a lot of advice, whether it was for working on the manufacturing floor to actually interacting with, you know, my other coworkers, especially for people that aren't necessarily engineers. We've actually stayed in touch all the way since then. And she was the uh, officiant at my wedding, coincidentally, too. So and I have to give huge credit to the Society of Women Engineers. That was the best uh, networks that I found and uh, was how we originally connected. The Women in Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. And music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The Women in Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. 
Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.